Welcome to the first episode of Open Source Craft. Open source software shapes the world and we speak to the people who craft it. I'm Greg Pollock. I'm here with David Korshid. And this is our first episode. And I'm so excited to be talking to you. Um, I've David, in case you don't know, is an Orlando-based web developer, tech author, and speaker. Um, he's big into open source coding and JavaScript, CSS, SAS, functional programming, and all sorts of front-end stuff. Mm -hmm. right. So why don't we kick this off? Just, just tell us about yourself. All right, well, as Greg said, I'm David. I, uh, I do a lot of open source coding, but I also do a lot of experimentation. So those are two of my big focuses. Um, I, I'm also really interested in animation and innovative uh, user interfaces and just trying to solve problems related to how normal people, including you and me and everyone else, use the web. Yeah, um, and uh, I've <laughs> stumbled upon the most beautiful CSS animated <laughs> dogs that we're definitely going to gotta take a look at. And yeah, I really sure. want to get some idea about how you created it in these code pens. Um, Later, uh, after this episode, we'll be doing a show and tell, and that's one of the things we want to take a look at so we can get and take a look at your um, desktop, so stay tuned for that. Um, so you're really passionate about a lot of different things, um, but I want to get into uh, what was your first open source contribution? Uh, so it was a while ago. I, um, I, I was getting really heavily into SAS, which is a... Uh, a preprocessor for CSS, so it basically lets you write um, something that looks close to CSS, uh, but gives your CSS some superpowers. And um, there's another library called Lodash, which is basically this giant utility library for JavaScript um, that lets you do a lot of normal, common, everyday tasks with JavaScript. And I decided that I wanted to implement Lodash into SAS uh, because it didn't tap it. And because a lot of the functions in there, I felt CSS and SAS could really use. Mm -hmm. Things like trying to map over lists or uh, manipulate strings, arrays, um, objects, sort of like that. So that ended up being an entire huge project because Lodash has a lot of functions. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty much my first. To so just like dive right in. Yeah. You weren't like committing a small piece to another project. You're no, just like, no, this was my own, do my, my own thing. Huge thing. Yep. That's awesome. And I think you mentioned there's a funny story about that. You were in San Francisco, was it? So, yeah, I was in San Francisco for work and I decided, more like convinced my coworkers to go to this meetup called The Mixin in San Francisco, which is this uh, huge uh, SaaS mixin. Uh, well, it's a mixin, of course, but it's also a meetup. And um, <laughs> over there, the main speaker decided to <clears throat> uh, to talk about some notable projects in the community that was happening. And he talked about Sastash, my library. And I was quite shocked. I didn't say anything, but my coworkers, uh, they pointed to me and they were like, he's right here, the creator. And I'm like, no, no, no just <laughs> <laughs> play cool. Yeah, play cool. And... Um, <laughs> So uh, he was pretty excited to hear that, and he invited me on the stage to talk a little bit about Sastash. That's awesome. Yeah. How'd that feel? A little nerve-wracking. Honestly, <laughs> it's like all these people, there are about maybe 50 or 60 people in attendance, and me just walking up completely unprepared and just talking about my project. But 
they, they all seem to appreciate it. And That's awesome. Now, I really want to dive into some of your projects and learn more about some of these huge projects that you've worked on. But I also wanted to mention, um, I, I was talking to Daniel Walker about you, and he had something, oh yeah, <laughs> he had a few things nice to say. He said, David is certainly the most passionate developer I've worked with. He treats coding not as a business or a way to profit, or as, but as a way to profit others. He's truly selfless, and his personal drive to learn and produce exceeds any other developer I've met. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I've heard this sentiment from other people in the community, too. And as far as, um, so React, that's your big project. Like, I feel like that's been your most successful one. React? Uh, React Re forms. Yeah, React's Redux form. Uh, React is a framework that is used for building user interfaces and uh, front-end applications. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things that was missing was a solid form library because I used to work with Angular, mm -hmm. uh, which is another uh, framework uh, for front-end. Um, and forms were just really pleasant to do in Angular. Maybe some of the other things weren't, but forms especially, you just put in what this field represented and then Angular took care of the rest of the magic for you. And I wanted to bring that magic into React, so that's yeah. why I created React Redux Form. React Redux Form. Yeah. So that was just an itch that you scratched on your own. Did you yeah. have any idea so many people would want it, need it? Well, funny enough, um, before I started that, there was already a popular form library called Redux Form. Um, but when I tried it, there, I mean, it's a it's a good project. It's a solid project. However. There was there was a lot of features missing, and it still didn't give me the the magic and the mm. uh, the ease of development that I had in Angular when I was creating forms there. Mm. And so I sought to make something that was closer to just the Angular model of creating forms, something that's more declarative and more flexible, and of course something that allowed you to have more features and allowed other developers to use those features in their forms. And um, of course, trying to dethrone a huge library like Redux form is no easy task, especially when it already has over 4,000 stars. But it turns out that people did appreciate uh, the different approach that my library took, and so now it has over 1,000 stars. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That, were you expecting that? Was that like surprising when that happened? I, I was not. Honestly, I was surprised when it even reached over 100 stars because I, I was using this mostly for internal use. Um, for my own personal projects, uh, my projects at um, where I worked over in San Francisco and um, also helping out with Fat Merchant, uh, which is a local company. Um, they're the newest iteration of their financial platform is built using uh, my uh, my project mostly because I asked them to <laughs> but um, there's also a few other companies around the world who are actually using it right now to my surprise that's awesome yeah Daniel said um, that uh, react redux forms has been a lifesaver solved the problem for thousands of people before they even knew they were that there was a problem <laughs> Right. They see also emphasize vanilla React doesn't do too well with no, forms. No, not at all. And he said, uh, 
David will wake up in the middle of the night to answer questions or patch code. He deeply enjoys writing code and solving problems he sees, even if he's alone in that need. <laughs> yeah, he's like, even your smallest project is really well documented. Talk a little bit about that. Like, I noticed that too, that you've got, what is it, Gitter on there, and you're like actively yeah. helping people. So talk about what you do besides just contributing code to help nurture that community along. Well, the idea is, um, you know, of course it seems selfless. I try to be selfless, but it is also benefiting me when I help other people out because um, one of the biggest benefits I, I think of when I think open source is it's basically free supports from the community. And whether that support comes in praise or comes in contributions such as pull requests, adding features to uh, fix code or whatever, um, or even pointing out like there's a bug here or there's a feature missing here. Uh, that's a huge help to me and that goes a long way in improving my library for, uh, for any developer to that's use. Great. Roughly how much time do you think you spend per week on that project? It's hard to tell because I mostly, I, I would wake up in the morning, just kill a few bugs. And then throughout the day, if there's something relevant to React Redux form, I'll go ahead and um, patch it. If, if, it, if there's something I'm working on and then I'm like, oh wait, this is missing from that, then I'll quickly you know, add that feature. Um, at the beginning, it was a pretty big time commitment. I would say at least a couple hours a day. Um, and you know, I, spend, I, I lose track of how long I work every day. <laughs> which is probably not a good thing. Um, but now it's, it's simmered down to maybe half hour, an hour a day at most. Cool. And what do, you, what, do you love the most, what do you love the most about the project, about getting to work on it and build it? Have you ever built something big, having no idea if it'll work or no idea <laughs> if it'll do the exact thing that you wanted to, and then it does and you're just, you're just elated, you're happy that, wow, this, this works just fine and this does everything I wanted to do. That, that's how I feel when I'm working with uh, React Redux form. Of course, uh, as the creator, you also see all of the glaring flaws that might take other people a few, uh, a few days or weeks to notice, but uh, for the most part, I'm just glad that it gives me the ability to develop faster, just like I did with Angular with forms. Nice. And um, what do you feel like, like could be better about the project to make it even more successful? Like everybody has something they ignore that oh, yeah. they know they could spend oh, more yeah. time on. And mostly that has to do with the, the internals. Usually when working on a big open source project, in order to fix a bug or add a feature, you're going to add code that might become stale at one day or code that might be redundant. And so it's important to go back and refactor and make that code uh, a lot cleaner. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, that's always a continuous goal of React Redux form and any other library I do. And for many reasons, you want to cut the size of the code down. Um, you want other people who want to jump in and contribute to be able to easily read your code. And you want to limit the available opportunities for bugs to arise. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, 
What do you what do you feel? Is there any methodology that you use for like governing the open source project? I know it's mostly it seems to be this in this case it's mostly you sort of leading it, but um, other open source projects like Apache stuff they have this whole form of governance. Do you have any mm -hmm. philosophies like that about how to run the project or how it should be run? Um, as far as approving features or um, deciding what gets into the library and what doesn't. Not exactly, it's mostly run by me, but that's not to say that I just make every decision willy-nilly. Um, the, the problem, so-called problem, with doing forms on the web is well-documented, and of course there's many full-fledged frameworks such as Angular, Ember, Vue, that already solve this problem. And so when I'm trying to figure out how the API should look, or what features should and it should not include, I look to those frameworks, basically standing on the shoulders of giants to realize how I should you know, shape the API. And also, on a more micro scale, I, I work closely with um, both the company I work for in San Francisco and um, Daniel's company, Fat Merchant, on what their business needs are, and then using that I get a better picture of the real-world usage of my library and what it should and should not do. So you kind of let those outside influences like influence you to figure out what features to build? Right, but again it's not a light decision. You always have to evaluate um, just everything because yeah. uh, there's, there's always so many variables and it's not easy to just say okay we'll add your feature because that might conflict with some other feature or something that someone else wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Fat Merchant does e-commerce. Makes sense they have a lot of forms they're dealing with, oh, all yeah. sorts of forms, mm -hmm. probably complex forms. Um, tell us about this company you're working for in San Fran. Uh, so the company I'm working for now, and well, for basically this week, I recently accepted a new position at Microsoft. So oh, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. Yeah, but the, uh, the company in San Francisco is called Council, and they do, um, they do genetic testing and just um, genetic technology mm -hmm. in pre-screening for inherited cancer or family screening for if you and a partner want to you know, have a child and find out what the child might be susceptible to for cancer. So uh, one of the big apps that I am working on there is called First Care which is basically this giant questionnaire. You can think of it as a multi-part form. Whoa. And um, this form has a lot of questions, and these questions are crucially important to, uh, to helping the family decide if they need to go get cancer screening or genetic testing. And so that's where my library comes in. Oh, wow. That sounds like just the perfect yeah. complex like implementation. Right, yeah. And it's because it's not just one big form. We want to get away from the model of you're sitting in a doctor's office having to fill out this huge form and instead make it more pleasant. Uh -huh. For example, um, one of the hardest parts is filling out your family history. Mm -hmm. Like what did your grandma have? What did your uh, half-sister have from your mother's side? And what age were they diagnosed? Mm -hmm. And so you know, there's that dynamic element of you don't know how many family members you might have, and it's multi-parts too. So it's not the most trivial form. Um, 
Yeah. And so it's important that we have a library that allows uh, developers to just easily go in and, and work on it yeah. without having to think too much about the implementation details. That's great. Um, so Microsoft? Yeah. What are you doing at Microsoft? Microsoft, we're going to be working on a project in the space of debugging and diagnostics. Um, and it's basically like Chrome DevTools, but all the way down to the server and to the, um, even to the database. Wow. And just being able to monitor all the transactions and uh, more easily debug and diagnose straight from your browser. Mm. So um, no word yet on whether React Redux form will be used in that. <laughs> but of course, it is like a giant form. You, you have a lot of complex user interface type stuff. And if you've ever opened DevTools in Firefox or Chrome, you know that it's not the most trivial of user interfaces. There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm curious about, you know, as you've, I feel like you're still pretty earlier in your career. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 26. 26. And a half. And, oh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so I'm curious as to, like, how much do you attribute any of your career success to your open source work? Is oh. there any direct lines? Absolutely, yeah. And when we talk open source, I don't just mean uh, whatever I work on at GitHub. It's open source to me encompasses more than just you know code contributions. It's also knowledge contributions too. Um, and uh, so I do a lot of that. Uh, what does that mean, knowledge contributions? Articles, writing articles and tutorials on uh, websites like scotch.io, uh, let's see, what other sites? I don't know, there's other sites in there too. Um, I, I had an article in Smashing Magazine one time. I recently had an article published in Net Magazine as well. Okay. And um, just like how open source on GitHub is sharing code, uh, open source when it comes to articles is sharing knowledge about code. And at, at the same time, you're also sharing code as well. Mm -hmm. And also on CodePen, which honestly is the number one way that I get discovered, it's also sharing code. It's just a different form of open source where you're making experiments and the code is right there in your browser for anyone to look at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that seems like it's a great way for people to find you. Um, and also, it's just very visual. Yeah. Um, so back to how, how have those helped you in your career? Um, so basically, I... Um, I, I first was working at ViewPost, and that's when I started to write these articles and do just sort of minor open source contributions. And um, over time, these were getting noticed by people in the community who, I guess, had a bigger voice. And um, they were sharing some of the work that I've done. And uh, I started writing articles about what I've done. And eventually, I started experimenting more and more with CodePen. And that also got shared pretty broadly too. And so that's how my current company found me. And that's funny enough how Microsoft actually found me as well through wow. CodePen. Through CodePen. Yeah. And so what, what, did that, what does that sound like? So they just reach out, hey, you look, it looks like you know what you're doing with code. If you're ever looking for a job, give us a call. Like, what does that look like? Actually, pretty much like that. Except <laughs> they, they were more like, um, we, 
we saw your code pen in your GitHub, mm -hmm. and we have a very specific project that deals with everything that you're working on right now. And so I said, that's a great fit for me. That's awesome. Very cool. So with regard, before I want to move on to, uh, at some point, to some of the other projects, but back mm. to React Redux Forms, um, what do you need help with? Is there anything that, like, for, for people who are, you know, watching the show, what do you need help with? Uh, basically, just anyone can go in and use it, play around with it, and figure out, like, oh, this doesn't fit my use case, or I wish this had this, and just these big things to consider. And there's already a list of features in the pipeline, but um, I want to avoid the library getting too big. Mm -hmm. And also help with things that I might not be using directly, such as Immutable.js support. And Immutable.js is just a library that allows you to write JavaScript primitives like objects and arrays in such a way that they can't be accidentally changed. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of this safety net for JavaScript. Um, I don't use it personally, but uh, many people have asked for support in that. And so there have been major pull requests and contributions to make that happen in React Redux form. Okay. But I would love for people to just use it and let me know what they think. That's great. How do you, I, I like what you said a minute ago about the struggle to keep things small and not get too complex, right? Because right? yeah. if you listen to everybody and you implement all their features, you end up with a Frankenstein of an open source project. Exactly. So how do, yeah. you, how do you choose what features to implement? Uh, first, just looking at Angular, Ember, Vue, and seeing what they include, mm -hmm. and also seeing if there is an idiomatic way for them to do their feature without having to add it to the library. And so this goes into flexibility. Like you could make a library small and flexible and that will allow people to go ahead and add their feature easily without you having to add it to the core library. Um, and there's also a danger to adding features to the library where uh, it might not be the exact way someone else wants to do it, but they're stuck with it. Mm. So that's why it's good to provide that flexibility. Nice. Okay, so I want to move on to, um, I watched a slide deck that you had yesterday of, uh, is it reactive CSS? Is that what it is? Yeah, reactive animations. Reactive CSS. animations yeah. or CSS. Now this is totally different than React. Yeah. Because reactive refers to so reactive programming is just um, it's just uh, actions based on distinct events. So if I flick a light switch, it turns on. Or if I push a piece of paper, the paper moves with me. So basic physics, right? Uh, so uh, reactive programming uh, in this way is just, um, it's like Newton's law. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Mm -hmm. So it's just that model of thinking. Mm -hmm. And you've got an open source project that goes with this, right? Uh, yeah, it's a small one. It's called RxCSS. And it's basically a way of just um, having these things called observables, which observe these real life events, whether you're moving your mouse or moving your finger across a, a touch screen, and sending those 
to be consumed by CSS. And by connecting those, you could have reactive animations that feel like native animations. Mm, yeah. Um, I was looking through that trying to wrap my mind around that yesterday. <laughs> so it's basically you're, you're taking uh, data coming through JavaScript, like streaming data, mm -hmm. whether it could be moving the mouse around the screen. Yeah. And you're taking that and somehow hooking that into CSS. Exactly. And then yeah. doing the CSS animations, which allow you to make beautiful dogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's a chicken or egg thing. I, I made the dogs before I did that. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Um, lastly, is there anything else in the open source community that, that bothers you or people who are doing it wrong or things you want to see more of? Um, in the open source community, um, sometimes people tend to get hostile. <laughs> people tend to be very opinionated about certain things. And I remember early on with React Redux Form, um, I was met with some hostility that my library was trying to do too much or was too overly complicated. And for a while I was trying to listen to this guy's concerns, but after a while I just gave up and thought that I should take the more utilitarian approach where instead of trying to fit this guy's needs, I'm going to fit as many people as possible's needs, even if that means that that guy doesn't get what he wants. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, open source could also be a pretty thankless job. You're not getting paid for it. Um, you spend a lot of time, especially a lot of your free time doing it. And sometimes your, your hard work goes unnoticed. But it's those, those times where people do thank you and appreciate that you've done all that work that it really makes it worth it. And so I, I am thankful to everyone who says, we use your project and we think it's great. Um, and I'm also thankful to people who notice the bugs and notice the flaws of the framework because that helps me improve it. But, you know, just I think it's important for people to realize that open source is thankless, it's not paid, and to just show appreciation because it goes a long way. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Well, thank, thank you for your mm -hmm. contributions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that's great. I, I, that's great to here. I'm glad you said that. You said that. I really like the way you said that. Um, what would you like, or either, you can, the two questions here, either what would you like someone to build that doesn't exist yet? Or, and then, well, let's start with that. What, what do you, would you love someone to build that does not exist yet? The funny thing about JavaScript is that if you could think it, it probably exists already. Um, <laughs> it, it's hard to think of something. Uh, I would like to see more work in the animation space where it's not just this black box of like, here, give us what you want to animate and we'll do all the magic for you, but instead having a way of thinking about animations that, um, like reactive animations, what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And I want to start working on that as well. Uh, just having a way to make developing animations easier on the web. Because right now it's hard to debug animations. It's hard to fine tune them without going back in the code. Uh, and there's this big divide between um, desktop applications uh, such as Framer or whatever else 
or origami, Facebook origami, where you could visually edit animations or Adobe After Effects, um, and just doing it with plain code. So I'd really like to see open projects more embrace the visual side of programming. Mm -hmm. And so that's not limited to just animations. It's a lot of things. Really appreciate you coming and being the first interview on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you uh, dig this, be sure to subscribe in iTunes or you can subscribe on YouTube. Just go to our website, codepop.com, and you can do all of that there. Thank you for watching.